From Los Angeles, California, this is Burncast, and I'm the bomb. On the weekend prior to Burning Man 2006, I was sashaying back to my camp from having recorded a podcast with renowned Belgians. Swooping by me from behind came a man on his bicycle who called himself Ava Thierry. Shall I tell you a story, he asked me. May I have your permission to record it, was my response. Ava Thierry agreed, and so we sat down in the open playa and pressed play. What you're about to hear is a blend of our conversation on that day, combined with the CD he had gifted me with. He told me his whole naked soul lay bare on that CD, and that he had only recorded it a few weeks prior to Burning Man. We begin with track number 10 from Alvatieri's debut CD of spoken word entitled Consciousness, followed by a conversation with Burncast. This is for all you Black Rock City refugees. It's called The Night Before the Burn. I mounted my bicycle and rode out into the night, down to the corners of absurd and reality streets. I looked out at the melee of naked people, painted people, people wearing costumes. There were those riding upon fire-breathing dragons and others cruising on sailing vessels. The first waves of my trip were coming on strong. You could say my consciousness was seriously askewed. You could say I was operating my unit from a remote location, and everything was right in the universe. I pedaled down to the Esplanade, and I could hear the dance clubs going off. There was house music, trance music, techno music, urban music, rape your mama, kill your sister music, and off to my right were three guys playing the bongos and one guy playing the guitar. This was the night before the burn, and it still blew me away. They were going to set it on fire. It was magnificent, on top of a pyramid reaching up into the sky and I wanted to go out and pay my respects to it. I was still tripped out that they were going to burn it to the ground. I looked up and saw two neon, baby blue, laser lights streaming out across the desert sky out to the man and beyond to the giant vagina. I rode out across the playa, and it's like skinny dipping. You can feel the wind come across you. The playa is so smooth. And I arrived at the man just in front of the labyrinth. It was a quarter acre in size, a maze you walked through. And playing on a loudspeaker close by was Pink Floyd, the dark side of the moon, 24-7. There was a sign at the beginning of the labyrinth, and it said, Whatever you wish to accept into your life, or let go of from your life, imagine it as though it's already happened, and hold that thought, feeling, or intention in your heart as you walk through the maze. And when you reach the other side, it will go out into manifest reality. And I thought, wow, what a cool idea. I started walking down the maze, having a brilliant conversation with myself out loud, when I heard someone from behind me say, What up? I wish to walk with you. I turned around in time to see a goddess as tall as I was, and I instantly thought she must be talking to someone else. As I turned back around, she caught my eye and smiled and walked right up into my space, grabbed my hands and kissed me on the cheek and asked me to continue on. And we walked along, discussing how innocence is indestructible and how truly beautiful we are when we're set free from this bestial mindfuck of profit, property, and power. When we reached the other side, she asked me to describe my home. And for the first time in my life, I forgot where I was from. I was in the moment. And I was reaching back, trying to think of where am I from. And it seemed lame to give it a a label or a name. So I went on to say, I reside on the east side of nine snow-capped mountain peaks. They reach up into the sky with an unapologetic, exquisite delight in being alive, recalling me to majesty, reminding me of ecstasy. 
It's a land where the pine forest meets the juniper forest just before it sweeps off into the sage of the open desert. Riddled with buttes and canyons and rim-rocked mesas that glow red in the morning sun, my moon rolls low over the Ochicos and then sits high upon the Cascades. It's called Central Oregon, although you might have heard it referred to as Bend. Shall I tell you a story? Yes, please. First, I would have to warn you, for this is a story that could bring kings to their knees, cause oceans to boil, hearts have been broken, fortunes squandered, wars waged over tales such as this. And it's all about lullabies, butterflies, hummingbirds, fairy tales, waterfalls, rainbows, and shooting stars, peaches, Mangoes, cherries, strawberries, and slow, wet kisses in the sultry summer sunset. Or whatever that is, and whatever that is, I want to swim in it naked. Oh, yeah, naked. That's beautiful. It simply is. You may perceive it however you wish. Thank you. What's your name? I am Avatieri of the Juniper Forest. Oh my god, it's so beautiful. You're not supposed to do that. I didn't know you were doing oh, that. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I could delete that one. I'm just fucking with you. Okay. <laughs> After that little exchange, Avatieri and I set down boundaries about what may or may not be recorded for podcast. Coming up is further dialogues with him, but first, let's listen to track number 13 from his CD. And nothing's free 
I work hard every day, making money and paying bills. I think back, try to remember what seemed right and what felt true. What seems right? What feels true? That was so cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. God, please don't stop. <laughs> that song's called True to the Core. And it precedes congruencies and words. It's like the searching and then congruencies in the words is the founding or finding. And because I remember all those times I'm thinking, you know, growing up in Sweet Home, a poor logging town, I'm thinking going to school during the designer 80s with <clears throat> ripped up shitty jeans and duct tape shoes. And I'm thinking, you know, when I make this money, I can buy some new clothes and it'll be okay. And then I go to work for $3.35 an hour cleaning floors out of Primeville. And I start my own business and I buy a bunch of shoes and a bunch of clothes and it wasn't okay. And I thought, well, when I find that person, it'll be okay. And then I fall in love and get married and it wasn't okay. And I thought, well, when I buy a house, it'll be okay. You know, when I get this, it'll be okay. When I get that, it'll be okay. And I'm slowly figuring out, you know, <clears throat> all these things I'm chasing doesn't make it okay. And then I'm like, well, what was okay? You know, what was beautiful? What really mattered? And then when I'm like, I'm going to write down every word that floats through my consciousness that feels beautiful. And it was like lullabies, butterflies, hummingbirds, fairy tales, waterfalls, rainbows, shooting stars, kisses, kindness, compassion, truth, integrity, decency, honor, respect, patience, wisdom, yada, yada, yada. These things really matter. And then I'm like, Coming from a background like Jehovah's Witnesses, where I'm like in a hardcore religion that's totally prejudiced, I'm like, well, you know, these principles are more important than the fucking religion. It doesn't matter if you wear a suit and tie and shave your face and keep your hair short. It's about what you're about. Because I kept saying these people who are Jehovah's Witnesses who fit all the outside realities, but were still miserable and hateful. And that's what it's not about at all. Not even a little bit. And so I left that religion. And when I left that religion, I left all my friends I'd had all my life because in that religion when you leave it you're like extradited you're excommunicated and um, 
which was a beautiful thing too because then I found a group of friends who could just let me be me in my own indie circuses, you know, who appreciated me for the weird shit I am and could let me be me. I didn't have to like totally convert myself to someone else's reality or set of structures and that was way cool. Our conversation with Avatieri concludes with the next bit of audio recording and then is followed by further excerpts from his CD. Where do you go when you sleep? What is that looking out from behind your eyes? What keeps your heart beating? What makes you breathe? Can you explain that? Okay, something's there. I'm not saying what it is because I don't know. I'm just a baby here, but it's there. And you can play your game and make your money and do your thing, but it doesn't go away. You know, so anyway, I asked what God was. I was feeling a little cocky at the time. And the answer I got was that God was an infinitely reoccurring undulation of light flowing through and around everything and encompassing the spaces in between. You got this in a dream. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> it just is. I don't have to justify it. it. It just is. And you may perceive it however you wish. It's unassailable. Trust me. <laughs> so anyway so your name came from a dream exactly I asked who is that looking out from behind my eyes and the name I got was Avatieri and I really don't know what it means I just know it is I don't know if it's from a, like an oversoul or past life or what I can't explain it but it feels good to me and I noticed when things feel good they're really cool yeah yeah like goldenness <laughs> it feels good to be golden why limit your goldenness? Why don't you dance in it naked? <laughs> okay, I'll give you the epiphany. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. So the wind's blowing across the ocean. It's pulling up moisture from the swells and turning it into clouds and spinning them around and sending it back down, raindrops from the heavens. And then it comes tripping into the mainland where it spills into the coastal ranges, pours over the valleys, slips into the canyons and then comes passing over the desert where it picks up momentum and drops momentum according to the canyons and deserts and then it comes blowing across the playa and you just took a breath it's absorbing into your bloodstream popping in your veins reaching your heart hello welcome to your life you've just been jacked into the most amazing fantasy game ever imagined and how could you it's called actual reality and with every beat of your heart and every breath you take, you're a player in this game, a dancer on the stage. And the stage is everything you see, everything you hear, everything you smell. Ah. <laughs> everything you hear, everything you taste. Oh, God, please don't stop. <laughs> Sorry. Everything you think and where you go in your mind. And the only question is, what do you want out of it? If one wishes to be miserable, life will provide no shortage of misery. Or, if one wishes to behold their game, or their dance, or their stage, as though it were a tasty treat extravaganza, beckoning for you to peruse its delicacies, it can also be that. And so it is. And if I could give anything, it would just be the concept that God is bigger than religions, truth is older than the scriptures, 
innocence is indestructible like every wave crashing the shore like every newborn baby crying like every dandelion that grows up through the cracks in the sidewalk to reflect its goldenness back to the sun true beauty is a feeling inside of us that inspires us to sing not how we sound when we sing true beauty is a feeling inside of us and inspires us to dance and not how we look when we dance and we're free to be beautiful right now and that's what Burning Man is to me. It set me free. You may perceive it however you wish. I want to do one for you just for fun. And don't record it because I want it to be a gift. Thank you. I will. This is simply a collection of visions, dreams, epiphanies, and some poetry. And I'm Ava Thierry of the Juniper Forest. Enjoy. I had a dream. I was swept away, traveling through darkened clouds, swirling with gray. And I noticed, off in the shadows, out in the distance, there were three naked, nymphs. They were lapping lusciously, beckoning to me lasciviously. Their names would be Prophet, Power, and Property. I was eager to join their fray, and so I dove down into the shadows, penetrating the darkness, and as I drew closely in the dim light, I could see their rich red lips becoming pale and thin, their purling, enchanting smiles growing jagged and gray. Their eyes went from entreating into vicious maliciousness, fingernails growing long and sharp, turning, giving me chase, thrashing, slashing, biting, gnashing, thirsting for my blood, seeking my very soul. I was stricken with panic, paralyzed in fear, and I searched down deep into the recesses of my memory for anything I can find impervious to shadow. And then three things came to me, ideas or concepts that they would be love, truth, integrity. As I uttered those three words out loud, a beam of light ripped through my darkness, and I stared intently into the brightest brightness of this light, saying, take me there, I wish to go there. And then I was there, in this room of iridescent liquid light, a voice emanated from this light, and she said to me, Son of man, the first thing you must understand, the only true power you possess, is your consciousness. But before you may manifest this infinite power of consciousness, you must first become conscious. Consciousness, the vision. A drop of water forms in the heavens and the clouds, and then cascades down through the air imploding into the ocean like a reverse explosion, sending up the splash. The splash comes like a pyre of water thrusting straight into the sky, and just where that undulating flow began to slow, just where this momentum stops, another drop bursts forth free, hovering there in the air for a moment. And in this moment of separation, this drop of water looks out upon the ocean and says, Oh my God, it's so beautiful. Consciousness.
darkness reminds me of light. Fear reminds me of love. Weakness reminds me of strength. Darkness reminds me of light. Fear reminds me of love. Weakness reminds me of strength. Darkness reminds me of light. Fear reminds me of love. Weakness reminds me of strength. It is only because I come from light that darkness is unclear. It is only because I come from love that fear is uncomfortable. It is only because I come from strength that any degree of helplessness I find to be so disgusting. An ode to the fairy of the waters of the Santiam River. She's not the only fairy of the waters of the Santiam River. She's just the one that I met as she held my breath as my body drifted lifelessly downstream. The Santiam sings like a crystal dream. Blues, greens, and mysteries and sometimes I can still feel her in my dreams and she is so real and so it seems with a smile like a nursery rhyme and a voice like a lullaby she sings to me beautifully with rhymes and chimes of sunny days and happy times where there was no shame in the shed of tears warm kind words gently drifting down into my ears showering me with soft, lovely little things, and how sweet that is what loving life and caring brings. With her moist, red lips, she comforts me with a kiss. So smooth, so soft, I drift off. Every muscle in my body, every thought in my mind, at ease, sublime. Oh, yeah, the Saniam sings like a crystal dream. Blues and greens and mysteries. This is The Peach. One of the most sensual experiences I've ever had was with a peach. I was reading a book on the art of being alive because I thought as long as I'm doing time in a body, I might as well enjoy it, even allow it to be epic. Each chapter in this book had an exercise, and the first chapter had the first exercise, which was to procure a ripe peach, and then to proceed to some serene location and then to blindfold oneself and eat the peach. And I thought, I can do that. And so I proceeded to the market where I purchased a peach. I walked in through the check stands, through the pharmacy, into the produce section, and I was immediately coughed with a wafting fragrance of ripe peaches. I followed my nose to a gondola, and it was rounded, mounded, golden, voluptuous ripe peaches. And I was looking at all these peaches, perusing them, and I began to think, wow, I can have 
any one I want. And so I picked up several, and I smelled them and touched them to my lips until I came upon the perfect peach. I put it into a paper sack, paid for it, walked out the grocery store door, left my car in the parking lot. Two blocks away was a park. I walked to the park and found a bench underneath some trees in the shade, and I sat down, placing the sack underneath the bench, and reflected for a moment. I put the blindfold on my eyes, and I sat there, and I began to feel a little ridiculous. Here I am, a grown man, in the park, blindfolded, eating a peach. But I casted that out of my mind. I've been a fool for lesser things. And so here I am, with a blindfold on my eyes, thinking about the peach underneath my bench. After some time, I was ready to eat the peach. I had thought about it. My mind was clear. And I reached down between my legs, and I grasped the package that contained my peach. I placed it into my lap. I reached inside the sack and grabbed the peach, held it up to my mouth, and I began to realize I've had a problem with peach fuzz since I was a little kid. I remember peeling my peaches, but this time I wanted to embrace the peach for what it was. I wanted it to be an innocent experience. And so I brushed it across my lips and my nose and flicked my tongue upon it for a while until it began to stimulate my taste buds. My mouth was salivating and eventually I placed my lips, teeth, and tongue onto the peach and bit down deep within its flesh. And I was immediately caught with a burst of juice, filling my mouth up, running over my bottom lip, down my chin, dripping into my groin. Oh, God, please don't stop. Opulent droplets and rivulets of sweet syrup cascading down my temple. I was jacked out of time and space. My entire existence disappeared into this peach and bite after bite after bite until eventually in the back of my mind I began to perceive a peach tree standing there in the sunshine all proud full of voluptuous and ripe golden peaches and it began to dawn on me I was making love to a tree and I loved it and she loved it I've had a similar experience with a mango but it's far too risque of to speak of in public You have been listening to Burncast, a podcast spreading the flames about the art, culture, and community of Burning Man. For more information about this or other podcasts, please visit our website at www.burncast.net or send us an email at burncast at gmail.com. A very special thanks to Lector of NoSpectators.com for hosting these podcasts.